Welcome to Statscast. On Friday, the 12th of March, it is 10.01 a.m. Sounds of spring surround us. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's not your uh, prevailing bird at the moment. That is, I can't see him. I like that. Oh, maybe that is him. That's the other sound. The um, red-winged blackbird. They are everywhere. God, from, from a few days ago when I said that maybe I'd seen three or four. I mean, there really are thousands of them now. They are arriving like an army. Anyway, here we are, Rooney and I, out once more. And God, it's a beautiful day. As I mentioned in the earlier podcast, in the in the winter edition, win, winter um, series, spring is short, and you almost go, you know, through spring in a day, and then straight to summer. Well, it feels like summer now. It's probably 72, 73 degrees. Uh, well, we don't have the flowers and the green yet, but we do have the warmth. It's lovely. So. Uh, Thanks for joining, and uh, Rooney and I will take you on a, on a good walk. And maybe at this time in the morning we'll see something. If not, improvise. Anyway, thanks again, and off we go. Well, off we go. And, uh, ooh, there's one little boy who seems to have escaped the preschool classroom. He's, he's outside with a, one of the carers yelling at him. Liam, Liam. Anyway, he's being picked up by his arms, legs kicking, and dragged back into the safety of the fenced-off playground. Poor little fellow. God, he, he, these guys can't be more than two. Oh, fancy having to, you know, leave your two-year-old in the hands of uh, people you don't really know and go off to work. You must spend half a day worrying about them. I don't know. I haven't been a mother, but I have been a father. And I remember leaving Harry when he was about that. No, that, he was. Was he that age? I suppose he was. I suppose he was. Out of school, preschool in Spain. Uh, what was it called? Maria Infantadora or something. And poor little chap. Not only was being left without his parents for the first time in his life, he was being left in a place where nobody spoke English. <laughs> he had to fend for himself. I remember I, I had to leave him there that day. Where was Christina? She must have been... I don't know, busy with pregnant with Tommy, probably. And I had to leave him. I remember not, not being able to leave because he kept, you know, wanting to run after me. So I know a little bit about what you're going through, you mums, when you have to leave your little ones for the first time. But it must be tough. Anyway. Um, it's spring. And all kind of fun, new noises. You hear that? No, 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 that's a goose, that's a goose, sorry. It was disguised by uh, the wind. It is quite windy. Oh God, I should have put the other muffler on my, uh, on my microphone, shouldn't I? Oh well, let's hope it doesn't get too annoying. Otherwise we'll have to scrap this podcast. Well... Yeah, it is slightly windy. I I didn't expect that. When I was walking around earlier, it was protected in the backyard. Out here, it's a little bit windier, a little bit more exposed. Still, I mean, I'm perfectly warm. It's got a shirt on, shirt sleeve order. And it's good. That might have been a bad decision, actually, as I... feeling a few gusts of wind blowing down my neck. Doesn't bother Rooney. 
You're alright, aren't you, Runes? He is annoyed with me, aren't you, Runes? Yeah, he's, he's giving me the cold shoulder because I bought yesterday, I bought him a uh, new crate to transport him to uh, Spain and a new cushion. At some expense, I have to say, Rooney. And I put it down, made it all beautiful, soft new cushion. It costs $100. I mean, this thing's not cheap. And uh, I put it in the corner where his other cushion was, uh, which is old and tired and worn. And I said, Rooney, new cushion, new everything. He looked at it like, it's a trap. I know it's a trap. I'm not going anywhere near it. <laughs> and even though I put treats on it, I put his dinner on it. No, nothing. He wouldn't go anywhere near it. He's no fool, that dog. And uh, he, he slept because <laughs> of my snoring. Christina sleeps in Maya's room at the moment. And uh, we let Rooney sleep on the beds. And uh, sometimes he sleeps on my bed. Sometimes he sleeps on, uh, you know, where Christina is, on Maya's bed. <laughs> anyway, he's on Christina's bed last night, of course. And uh, when I came in, because oh, Christina, broken wing, as I call her at the moment. Broken wing was lying in bed with her, you know, sore clavicle, bruised, poor thing. So I was making her breakfast in bed, bringing up her coffee and her toast. And uh, since I came in, Rooney, who was lying at the end of her bed, jumped off the bed, walked off into my bedroom and jumped up onto my bed, where I wasn't. It's like, it's trying to rub, rub the point in. But him and I are not friends at the moment. <laughs> you soon forgave me when it's time to go for a walk though, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, he's no fool. He knows something's cooking. Ooh, two cardinals, beautiful. Just flew right past me on the pass. Must have been two males, bright red. This is the season when they're gonna be getting their nests all ready, put, you know, laying their eggs. Oh, that's a fantastic time of year. And I can't wait until we can see the, the first buds on the trees. I love that. Before they unfurl, you know, they just sort of come as little sticky, sticky wrapped up like uh, sweet wrappers. You know, candy wrappers in this country. And then they unfurl and you get that first young, green, translucent leaf. It's beautiful. Oh! Oh, right up in the sky. You see him runes, I think. I think that could be. Well, I'm not sure. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have to just calm down a minute there because another fellow dog walker came past and I've lost him. Damn. Oh, oh, there he is, there he is. Now, is that an osprey or is that a hawk? He's very high in the sky, which makes me think it's more likely to be an osprey. The hawks don't really fly so high. Oh, I'm excited now, Roo. I think that's an osprey. He's too far away for me to see and I haven't got my binoculars, but he's very high. He's just circling on the thermals. He's, yeah, I, that, I, you see, I, I don't wanna get it wrong, but I'm pretty sure, you can usually tell by the kind of M-shape wing kind of pattern or, or, or wing shape they have, but because he, he's not flapping his wings, I can't tell, now he's far too high. He's going out of, out of range, but I'm pretty sure that's an osprey. Two noisy geese flapping past. I'm pretty sure we've seen the osprey Rooney. One of them, anyway. You see two. Let's see if I keep my eye out for the other one. I, I, I can't see it. He's probably over the sea. He's so far away. <laughs> of course, like all birds of prey, incredible uh, powers of sight. You know, he'll be looking for prey from that high. And you wonder how they can spot anything from that far up. But they can. And the, uh, I actually, I mean, I've been reading about the birds in Spain because we'll be there soon. You know, you've got a bit of prep. And uh, I was reading about, I think it's turkey vultures, of which there are a lot in Spain. 
turkey vultures have the capacity from from way up in the sky i mean how high is that i don't know it's probably half a mile up in the sky i i, I find it's hard to believe but it's what what was written in the uh, bird guide <laughs> and if it is written it must be true but turkey buzzards have the ability to smell carrion gosh there's people everywhere now but they have the ability to smell carrion oh it's that <laughs> little tiny dog that doesn't like humans um, from way up in the sky they can smell you know rotting animals that have died and they can you know pinpoint them with their powers of smell and, and eyesight and uh, that's that's you know that's a useful power to have if that's what you eat as a matter of fact I was reading an interesting article of course in the economist because that's my main newspaper about Hello. About, um, I think it was turkey vultures um, in Spain and Portugal. And obviously, Spain and Portugal is the same landmass separated by a man made border. So, you know, you would think that birds have no, you know, no recognition of a border between Spain and Portugal. And, uh, oh gosh, Rooney's got running up to three other dogs oh dear I think I might have to just pause and walk in the other direction for a bit <laughs> sorry <laughs> he's just too friendly hello <laughs> come on you come with me I reckon I remember him <laughs> all right we're gonna let you go ahead come on come here Rooney 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 this way this way Rooney Come here. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, come with me. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Little Pomeranian. Size of Rooney's, you know, left leg. <laughs> Yapping at him. He's just smiling at the, the, the little doggy. Anyway, we're going to let them go ahead, Runes, because you're going to cause chaos if we're walking in the same direction as them. So back to, to Portugal, Spain, turkey vultures. They uh, showed a map of all the sightings of turkey vultures, you know, over the you know Iberian Peninsula. Um, in you know, I don't know what year it was, but let's say it was, you know, 1999 and 2015, or well, might have been later. And it's incredible because uh, you know all the sightings. In, in you know the earlier year were e evenly distributed you know all over Spain and Portugal but in the in the latter year you know loads of sightings all over Spain but none not one over Portugal <laughs> you could see by the sightings where the border was and it's like that well hang on did they institute some kind of passport system for turkey turkey buzzards or turkey vultures so that they can't you know can't can't land in Portugal anymore <laughs> and of course there's always a logical explanation for these things what it was was after whichever episode of mad cow disease that it was um, the Portuguese authorities mandated that all cattle that died out in the, uh, you know, in, the in, in the countryside had to be buried immediately. You can't leave them out. Um, well, Spain did not. <laughs> but, you know, and there lies the, you know, the explanation. So, you know, they're feeding off dead cattle, mainly. And, uh, you know, it's a, big, it's a big peninsula, the Iberian Peninsula. So, you know, they've got a lot open ranges, a bit like, you know, in America. So if a cow dies in Spain, they just leave it there, let the turkey buzzards have their, or turkey vultures have their feed. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, I don't think there's any turkey vultures here in Connecticut. Well, there are, there are actually a form of vulture, a hawk. They're big as well, I've seen them close up. 
you quite often see all kinds of uh, carrion birds, hawks, birds of prey eating roadkill. It's a pretty unpleasant sight. But uh, we won't go into that because it's really not a, not a nice mental image. Okay, so we've got a little bit of space in front and there's a lady coming up behind us. So you've got to keep this pace up, Runes. You know, in, in, in a fairly recent podcast, I came across a uh, red-tailed hawk, which is the big chunky one. And uh, pretty dominant, these guys, you know. And I was just looking them up, and, you know, on the internet and YouTube and you know, Wikipedia and things like that. And uh, what I didn't realise is they can be aggressive to humans. And I, I found some video footage taken only last year in Bridgeport, which is pretty much where we are, um, of <coughs> some attacks by a red-tailed hawk on humans. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, it must have been close to its nest or something, but this one shop that the hawk had kind of like staked out and decided that it was going to attack anybody who went in and out of that uh, shop. <laughs> this poor guy, he had a really ripped up ear where the hawk had come out of nowhere and just, you know, grabbed his head with its sharp talons and ripped his ear and the back of his head. Nasty, you know. So uh, I'm going to keep my distance next time I see one because I went right up to that last one. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> carry a baseball bat with me, I think. <laughs> so you beware the red-tailed hawk. Oh. Bear with me. Hi, Scott. Oh, God. We're still recording, so God knows. I, w I have found a way of editing, so hopefully you won't get the contents of that telephone call, but if you do, you'll realise that uh, boat salesman, perhaps not, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> this guy, he's called me, this is the second time he's called me now, asking where my boat is. And the second time I've said, you better ask the boatyard manager. And I've sent in the boatyard manager's telephone number. Said, did you not get the number? He said, uh, uh, oh, I did, but I didn't call him. I thought I'd ask you. I said, well, I, you know, I haven't got it. <laughs> so I mean, don't know where it is. <sighs> well, you know, I need his help. So we'll uh, put up with that. Hello. But, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. I've got, I've got to sell that, uh, that boat soon. Otherwise, Bill charged me for storage. We'll get it done. Now, today <clears throat> is rather an important day for me because my wonderful wife has managed to get me a COVID vaccination. So, uh, yeah, 12 30 today. So I mustn't be late. I mustn't dawdle on this podcast. It's 10 20 now. <clears throat> I've got to go to a town called Derby and get my first vaccination. I'm talking COVID vaccination, of course, if I didn't mention that. It'd be a great thing because uh, I do not want to catch COVID. I managed to get through, well, I think I've got through so far without catching it, although I have been pretty ill this, this whole winter. I don't think it was COVID, it was some, I don't know what it was. Still feeling the effects of my joints. Sort of arthritic issue. Very painful shoulders, elbows, knees, ankles. <laughs> what a hypochondriac. <laughs> hasn't stopped me getting out for these walks with you, Ruins. <clears throat> kinds of people out, I'm surprised. I suppose it's because of the first really warm day. We'll, we'll turn off. Runes. Oh, he's lagging behind. We'll turn off and uh, walk down um, 
the old damn road. Yeah, well, I haven't seen too much yet. The incoming tide, you can tell by the uh, slight current that you can detect. It's almost indetectable, but yeah, the waters, the marshes are looking sort of flooded. And runes, we're going this way. I like that sound. I think that's a cardinal. <clears throat> you hear it? Let me see if I can spot him. Come out, come out. Just come inside, Bruce. I'm looking for a. Come here, come on, come on. Oh, <laughs> you're such a stubborn one now. Stop the traffic. If he doesn't want to go, I just wanted him to cross the road to where I was, but he wanted to go off, continue the walk. He thought I was going to turn back or something, so he refused. And I was left looking stupid, <laughs> trying to get a dog to come to me across the road, and the truck driver had to stop. Really? You do? Well, a bit of confusion there. I'm not sure... Uh, where that recording sort of got interrupted so I'll have to go back over this and, and do some editing which I'm learning how to do <clears throat> but I think I was telling you that I'm going for my COVID vaccine this morning and uh, hopefully that uh, won't have any ill effects and, uh, and then we'll be good and, and Rooney of course he also has to have his vaccines He's up to date, but we're going to give him a rabies booster because his next booster is supposed to be in June. So we're going to just do that early for him. So he uh, doesn't need to have it done when we get to Spain. I think they last three years. And he's going to have his microchip inserted like James Bond. So, uh, and now have I mentioned that we have booked our flights and Rooney is on the same flight as us. This is a big deal. Had all kinds of wrong information from various different agents, but finally I got through to, you know, the people who actually seem to know something for uh, Swiss Air. I called their, their main global uh, reservations line, which was a Swiss number. You know, so I call this number and I get somebody who sounds distinctly not Swiss sort of, you know, Asian sounding. But anyway, she knew what she was doing and she, she got us all booked on, well, fingers crossed, because I haven't had confirmation of Rooney's, uh, you know, details yet, but she promised me it was all done. <laughs> That's a dead cert, it didn't work. But anyway, um, don't be negative, John, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, so uh, we got, got us all, 24th of April, booked on, Rooney, Christina, myself, Swiss Air, via Zurich. I mentioned earlier that I got really this nice, fancy, comfortable crate, which you won't go near. <laughs> that wasn't a waste of money. And uh, so that's another sort of step forward. Get my COVID vaccine today. It was not a requirement, but certainly it's preferable. Uh, his vaccine's a requirement, but not mine. His being Rooney. Who else? Um, so that's that's all rather rather exciting to me. I'm beginning to you know get those pangs of separation between myself and the boys. My Tommy, of course, is he's got his own plans and. Maya, she's, she's very good with her EQ, you know, Tommy talks to her more than he does to us, his parents, and he was telling her all about his, you know, impending departure, quite soon, April the 13th, I think, according to her, anyway, um, he's going to do a road trip across America to um, Oregon, and uh, she said to Tommy, Tommy, you are going to uh, see mum and dad before you go, aren't you? 
I don't think he thought of it really much until <laughs> she said that. He said, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> anyway, when you're young, you don't really think about things like that one, that's your Maya. <laughs> you don't really think about things like that much. Oh, walking on to this wooden bridge, which, gosh, went really cool onto it, so bouncing around. Really heavy. Um, yeah, so all kinds of things. The UK, talking of, of vaccines, the UK well ahead, I think, of the rest of the world with their, you know, vaccination programme. I mean, I think they're saying that they're going to get, uh, well, I think Biden's jumping on the bandwagon too, but, but I think the UK probably, certainly in Europe, they're leading the world. Now, I am not, and was not, a Brexit fan at all. However, I was listening to, who was telling me this? Pete Nicklin, I think, was telling me that the reason why the UK is leading Europe in the vaccine rollout is because they are not constrained by European requirement for European Union uh, agreement on how to roll out the vaccine. <clears throat> Which meant that uh, the UK just says, good, <laughs> these are all good enough for us, we don't have anybody else to please, we're gonna roll it out. This is how we're going to do it. Whereas the European Union, you know, the guy from France is saying to the guy to Italy, who's saying to the guy in Germany, ah, no, it cannot be done this way. It must be done, you know, I can imagine. Which, you know, I have some sympathy with that issue. <clears throat> you know, over, over policing everything, you know, you know, and having to run everything by committee or too much of a committee. Anyway, the UK's ahead. So I think, despite the fact I listen to the BBC you know, radio and on, on the internet, or on my smart speaker, and they are constantly bashing the Tories. And I, you know, you, you become a little bit mind-washed with, uh, you know, their opinion. <laughs> you know, you're not sure if it, is this my opinion or is this the BBC's opinion? Because you think about Boris Johnson, and I, and I, you know, I've been thinking, God, the, the guy, <laughs> what, what an idiot. And I don't know if that's just because I'm receiving drip, drip information about what an idiot he is. And I was reading in the, in the Economist, of course, um, yeah, the article in last week's Economist. You know, they always do a kind of editorial of what's going on. And they're talking about the, the, um, the office of Prime Minister in the UK. <laughs> and, in fact, when, when, according to Boris Johnson anyway, <laughs> might not be true, but according to Boris Johnson, <clears throat> um, when he went to meet the Queen for the first time, she said she didn't know why anybody would want the job of Prime Minister. <laughs> and uh, when you think about it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a pretty thankless job. And, and they were saying, you know, it's not just Prime Minister. You're, you've got to be a number of different things to be you know, the Prime Minister of the UK. You know, for, for a start, you're the head of government. Okay, well, that's a job in itself. Then you're the, the party boss, so you're head of the Conservative Party. You know, then you're responsible, you know, overall for fundraising. Then you've got to be a parliamentary performer. You know, you've got to go into Parliament and do that Prime Minister's question time and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's, a, that's a performance, that stuff. You've got to be a foreign envoy. You know, you've got to go around the world you know, making sure that the UK is getting on with everybody. You've got to be a grief counsellor. You know, you, <laughs> anything bad happens, you know, when the Grenfell Towers happened and poor old Theresa May did that empathy-lacking visit. You know, she, not good at it, poor thing. You know, and on top of that, you've got to be a local MP as well. You could be thrown out at any, at any moment by your uh, local constituents. All these things you've got to juggle. It's a tough job. And you haven't even got the, you know, the luxury of the presidential yeah, style of, of, of government that they have in other countries like America. You don't have the executive branch like they do in America to fall back on. You can't just sort of put legislation through because you're the prime minister. Just sign it and say, executive order, this is going to happen. No, it's tough. And I, I thought what was also interesting was that they were saying that um, over the years, 
power has, has become concentrated in Downing Street. You know, it used to be that uh, the other offices, the foreign office, the educational office, you know, all those offices, you know, they were saying that much of the energy of government came directly out of those departments. You know, they used the example of Roy Jenkins, you know, and Harold Wilson's government. This is back in the, what was it, 70s. <clears throat> and they were saying that he legalised abortion and homosexuality and all that sort of stuff. It's amazing that it was that recent, but it was. Without the interference from Downing Street and Harold Wilson, who was the Prime Minister at the time, he just did, Roy Jenkins just did that, you know, without any direction or involvement from Harold Wilson. And that's surprising. That's not, you know, that's not uh, the way it is now. All power is concentrated in, uh, you know, in, in Downing Street. And actually, what I thought was really quite amusing was uh, Tony Blair's uh, comments on Prime Minister's Question Time, which is once a week. God, awful. You know, it reminds me of budget meetings. When I, he said, uh, Prime Minister's Question Time, which is when the Prime Minister has to go into the House of Commons and, and answer every question, or any question, from the opposition parties, and they fire everything at them. <laughs> you can't stand there. No preparation. You can't. You know. You think on your feet. <laughs> and Tony Blair's comments, which endeared me to him. I always thought Tony Blair was a bit of a smoothie, a bit of a fraud. But uh, you know, he, he is human, and his comment was the Prime Minister's question time. <laughs> the words he used, I think, something like this. They, they were the most. The the the. the you know, the event of Prime Minister Question Time, bearing in mind it happened every week, was the most nerve-wracking, discombobulating, nail-biting, bowel-moving, terror-inspiring, courage-draining experience of his Prime Ministerial life. And poor, poor guy, I mean, all of them, they go do that every week. <laughs> Ghastly. So yeah, the Queen's right. Who would want to do that job? So it gave me a sort of a newfound, <laughs> a newfound um, respect, really, for Boris Johnson and all his predecessors. Because, God, you know, we casually eat our boiled eggs and toast, and, and you know, snort at the uh, mistakes that a, a prime minister makes. <clears throat> but you've got to put it in context. <laughs> it's a hard job. I certainly wouldn't want to do it. It made me think of, you know, what were the most painful experiences I ever had when I was in business. And it was things like, you know, having to present your, your business strategy to a committee of senior management or investors or whoever it was, who weren't so close as you, but, you know, somehow you had to pay homage to their superior experience or mental ability or, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and you had to sort of self-effacingly agree with their input. <laughs> Even though privately you might be thinking, that's, that's absolute nonsense. But you can't say that to an investor. You've got to say, oh, thank, thanks for the input. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> not just that. I mean, that's not so terrifying. But what, I suppose what's more terrifying is when they're reviewing your quarterly performance. Uh, and you know, if you're running a, a business with a bunch of, you know, sub-businesses within it, you're looking at the financial results of each, each business in, in microscope, microcosm, you know. Why did you overspend on um, your team's uh, travel and expenses for that particular trade show, John? Or um, why, did you, why did you increase your marketing spend by one and a half percent? What was the extra money for? Or, you know, it's like, oh God, I think I remember every detail like that. Uh, and then sometimes you're so busy looking at these minuscule little numbers that you don't notice that, you know, you, you might be a big number off in, in, in some areas. And then you feel like you've been caught with your pants down. <laughs> Those are the things that I hated. <sighs> Luckily, you know, 
I had a good, some, some stage in my career, I had a good finance director who, you know, I would always sort of, we touch base, as they say over here, and compare notes and make sure I had my story right. And he'd be there in the room. We'd be answering the questions together, you know, like a, like a team. That wasn't always the case. Sometimes you'd, you know, your finance director wasn't a finance director, so they're like a minor accountant and they kind of leave you to drown if, if things were getting a little bit heavy. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, I, I look back and don't really regret not having to do that kind of stuff. Although in some ways it was a little bit of a buzz, you know, because you knew really that you had the advantage over everybody else in the room because, you know, you were living it every day and they were just flying in like seagulls and crapping on you and then flying off again. That's a rather negative kind of review of my business career, but that's only think of it in the context of Prime Minister's Question Time. <laughs> if you can possibly compare my minor managerial life with Prime Ministers of Great Britain, not really comparable. Come here, Ruth. Come on. Back onto the road, leash back on. Bit of a rebel today, Ruth. Oh, wait, stop. Can you actually stop, please? Can't do it, I've got my hands full. Oh. Right, we got you. Come on, boy. Got a bit of attitude today. I think he's got wind of uh, plans. He doesn't approve, do you, Rooney? Just got used to this new place, and now you're going to move me again. There's the man with the drill. Everywhere you go. <laughs> it's probably not a drill, it's probably a hedge cutter or something. This is the season when all the gardeners come out and clean up after the mess that winter made. Give everybody's gardens, yards as they call them over here, looking nice. I guess I should... Uh, book a, you know, spring clean they call it here. I guess I should book a spring clean for our place even though we're moving. I do want my deposit back. I told our landlady that uh, we're moving and she's, um, our, our rent is like $2,995 a month, you know, for a two bedroom house. <laughs> I thought that was pretty steep. But this is how COVID's affected things. She's, when she put the house on the market, rental market, <clears throat> I think yesterday or the day before, she told me that she's got already, instantly, as soon as she put it up, eight inquiries. Hang on. Ah, that was Broken Wing calling me, telling me she's close by and she wants to come and meet up with me and you, Rooney, on the beach. Lovely. Ooh, that's nice. A little bit of a bonus. We'll get to see Mama. Come on, otherwise we'll miss her. Dawdling. Dawdling along. Now what was I saying? I've lost my train of thought there. Uh, um, well, he'll come back. So yeah, she's just done a class. I told her, do not do any of the exercises that you're getting other people to do. You know, your shoulder blade needs to heal. Can't, uh, you just gotta let it heal. You, it's not worth sacrificing it for, you know, a class here and there. You're walking right into me now. You're being an oaf. <laughs> it's, the sky is a, you know, it's a joy to, to look at at the moment. It's, it's like this gradual shades of blue from looking directly above quite a darkish blue deep blue to over on the horizon I haven't got the beach yet where it's like light blue it just sort of invisibly changes color uh, windy again I hope, I hope that's not being annoying oh dear I bet on the beach it's going to be too windy ah, I've got the wrong mic on 
I'll learn from my mistake. Right. Well, there's a few streaks of uh, aeroplanes in the sky. I mean, not many, there's two. And I can hear one. That's not a, that's not a passenger. Come on. God, he's stopping absolutely everything at the moment. We've got to get to Mama. Yeah, I think there's a, like a private plane there, I can see it. I'm not surprised how many of those there are flying around. I guess those people are using their private jets because they can. <clears throat> Actually, really, I just had a thought. Oh, God. Just had a thought. If I walk down the road to the other entrance to the beach, we're more likely to see Mama sooner and get a longer time with her. <clears throat> 10 to 11. I gotta go about 11.30. Well, 12 o'clock latest. Yeah, man with the drill. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a circular saw, but you know what I mean. As there was somebody fixing something up in construction. So, I, uh, switching topics now. Switching to La Heredia, which is the name of the town that, uh, village, I should say, that uh, we're going to be living in in Spain. It has two pools. Hello. And uh, I thought they belonged to the community. Well, they, they did belong to the community, but the community was built in two developments, two phases. There was La Heredia and there was another one called La Perla. Two sets of houses on two different sort of sides, sides of the mountain. La Perla was a more recent. I didn't even know this, but I got a letter from the community telling me that um, the swimming pools have been bought by a gentleman who's bought some of the properties that used to belong to La Perla um, and he's converting it into a posh hotel. Well, <laughs> those swimming pools are for everybody. Alright, we have special special guest appearance. VIP. Say hi, Mama. Hello there. Yeah. And Rooney's talking to somebody else on the beach. He's been, he got a lot of attitude this morning. Not again. Oh, yes. Rooney fight with this time? No, fight with anybody. Just, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't really be cooperative. because <laughs> you bought that. <clears throat> I know. He knows something's up. Look at that view. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Rooney's playing up. Some lady on the beach. Six years and one month. <laughs> what hands are these? These are mix of pitbull and black lab. Okay. He's a rescue dog, oh, so we don't really quite know what he is, but we think yeah. he's got that. Oh, he's so great! Oh my goodness! <laughs> he's got that that vicious, dangerous pitbull in him. Uh, I keep hearing that, and then of course I meet the sweetest pitbulls. <laughs> they are the nicest dogs. They really are. So why do they get such a bad reputation? They're really clever. I think it's because people Bread you can teach. Be teach them because they're clever you can teach them to do anything and you know if you teach them to be vicious I guess they will be but I want a dog so badly and I'm kind of in a transitional phase of my life so I'm like not the right time but oh my goodness I need dogs like Rooney and I just want to go get you know the first rescue I see yeah, we're very lucky. they're so rewarding he's very well behaved and just lucky 
I wish I could. Yeah, I wish we could claim credit for that. But no? I think he trained us. One thing he doesn't know is he doesn't like going in cars, so it's very difficult. Oh, really? So you can't travel with him or anything, huh? No. So we recently moved here from Westport, actually. Uh -huh. And we're luckily we live kind of opposite that marsh trail. Uh -huh. So we just walk out the door. Oh, good. Gets we got him from a rescue service in Fairfield. Is he in Fairfield? Yeah, Black Rock, Black Dog Rescue. Oh, I've seen their ads, yeah. yeah. She, I think she brought him up from Georgia. The South is really weird with yeah. animals. Like, they yeah. have no respect for animals down there. It's awful, I keep hearing. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot, of, a lot of the animals come up from the South. Definitely. I think, was he in a junkyard? I, I think he was, you know, just rescued from that. There's a litter of puppies she got. Yeah. Yeah. She's a big softy. <laughs> It's very rare because you lie down on the sand like this. And it's hot. It hasn't been hot for ages, has it? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> having a good time. Oh, love that. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you for letting me Oh, thanks for, thanks for petting him. I would love to get one. Okay. So I need to leave for this vaccination about what? 12 o'clock latest? Yeah. Yeah, alright. Oh, really? I better, I better start heading back then because it's going to take me half an hour to get back. Yeah, get a lift back. I can't, but really. Must be kidding. He already has got a grudge against me. I put him in the car, that'd be it. He wants to speak to me for a week. Warm, isn't it? Nice. Yeah, well, I'm afraid, Runes, we're going to have to head back. What, wait, are you going straight home? Yeah. So you'll be at home when I get there. So we're at 11:45. Okay. Well, I better go. When should I send that to Reinhardt? Okay. Okay. Just in case you're wondering, we just we just recorded a short video for Christina's cousin, who's forty. Her fortieth birthday is coming up when? Second. April second. And so they're collecting videos from all over the world so they can show it to her on her birthday. Melanie, she's called. And she was bridesmaid at our wedding 33 years ago. Wow. So she must have been seven when she was our bridesmaid. <coughs> yeah. How can she be 40? That's not right. So cute. All right, Rooney, you've been admired. Time to get back on the leash. Okay, so I'll see you at home. Oh, well, that was nice. We're just off the beach now. Just walking past that construction site. That house has got its windows in already and it's beginning to look, you know, from the outside, pretty complete. I think they've got a lot to do on the inside, but... So, <clears throat> Rooney was playing up this lady on the beach just then. <laughs> You, you, you went, you know, up to her and, you know, she was petting him and then he just lay down at her feet and let him, let her pet him and rub him and she's obviously, you know, she, I think you might have heard, I don't know if you could pick, pick up her part of the conversation on the mic, but she was saying that she's thinking about getting a dog 
And uh, she said that you made her day, Rooney. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See you at home. So that's Mama. She came to meet us on the beach. That was lovely. A little five-minute stint. Recorded the video for uh, Melanie over in Germany. And now we're going to walk back. I would take the car back, really, if it wasn't for you. She would be more cooperative and just jump in the back. Be home in two minutes. As it is, we're going to have to walk. <clears throat> Need the exercise anyway. So it's gorgeous day. Sorry about the wind, it's not making too much noise. But yeah, really nice day. <laughs> He's so friendly, but uh, yeah. you haven't, I haven't quite taught him not to jump up yet. How you been? Good. Yeah. Yeah, last time I saw yeah, you, I, I was telling you Betty. John, right? That's John, yeah. yeah. Your how is uh, uh, Tommy? No, what's your name? Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. How is uh, Betty? Better. Yeah. Um, she had a son actually staying until yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he came up from Florida. Oh yeah, Chris. Uh, she has got a son called Jim. Chris. This one's called T Tom. Uh, Thomas. Sorry, Thomas, Chris, and the father. James. James is one. The the James, the, the yeah. famous one. Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Well, and if you see her, tell her I was asking for her. I will. I expect her out here. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell her. Okay. She's she's, you know, yeah. pretty tough. I'm sure she'll be out. Sure. Anyway, nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that's uh Charlie. Charlie's the ninety-four-year-old gentleman who goes jogging. And uh, he wasn't jogging then, he was just walking, but he does go jogging. You can tell his, his brain's intact. And uh, yeah, people like that keep you going, make you realize. <laughs> was I like struggling to remember his name. You remember mine straight away. Oh dear, Charlie. Okay, we'll forget it next time. And then anyway, I, I was sort of interrupted um, by the telephone call. And I was in the middle of telling you about the rental situation around here because our property obviously is going back on the market when we move out and our landlady, who was a very nice lady, but um, she's got to rent it again. So she puts it on the market and within a day, eight inquiries took for viewings. And uh, she advertised it at 3,600, which is a significant increase on the 2,995 that she's charging us. It just shows you that um, the market in the suburban areas within reach of New York has boomed for, for sales, you know, for purchase and for rent. So a lot of people in New York have, have left, they, you know, and they, they want to either rent or, 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 you know, buy and live further away. A lot of remote workers now are thinking, oh, I, I don't want to live in a metropolis anymore. <clears throat> so, of course, we sold our house before all that. <laughs> you see, I can easily, I can easily bring myself down, couldn't I? So what? It's irrelevant. It happened. <laughs> I don't know if we would have got more. I think more people put their houses on the market, so the market got flooded. We were one of very few houses. Uh, let's go around this guy. Come on, Ruth. <sighs> Come on. There's an electric vehicle just reversing. You hardly hear him. Reversing to park next to the uh, recharging station. Next to the tennis club. So, uh, gosh, time's escaping. I've I got to get back, really. Why did I come this way? This is a bad idea. I'm going to have to really walk quite fast now. 
Oh, I missed my COVID jab. Um, yeah, I like the way that Charlie remembered Betty's children's names and asked me to say hello from him and tell her to get out here. She will be. Uh, they're a tough generation, uh, World War II generation. Well, Charlie would have been, you know, an adult during World War II, 94. Wow. Don't know if he was in it. Maybe one day I'll ask him. Yeah. It's, it's fading out of memory. Of the world, there are not many people left who can remember it firsthand. Ah. Gosh, it's, it's hot now. You'd be fine in a pair of shorts now. The road's quieting down now. We've got to get off the road. Back into the uh, marsh trail. So, an eventful day ahead. And uh, I hope I get a little certificate. And I can sort of carry that with me wherever I go. And prove that I've had a vaccination. So I think uh, it's time to wrap up. I think we'll move into the closed phase. Do you, Runes? Yeah, he's, he's, he's good with that. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, we're moving into the closed now. You know, it's not easy recording these podcasts whilst strumming the acoustic guitar and then changing over to the, you know, playing this uh, funky background music whilst walking the dog and uh... <laughs> so you can probably hear Rooney's clip clop clip clop as his little nails walk over the uh, car park in between the sports fields of Kiwanis and uh, the Fairfield Giants I think it's called Sullivan that field <clears throat> everything's brown Oh, this is where the school buses come to practice their manoeuvring. It's quite a big car parking area, so it doesn't usually have any cars in it at this time of day. They can practice reversing and all that sort of stuff. So that's what you can hear, the school bus. Let's get ahead of it, Runes. It's coming right up on my shoulder. Here the old telltale air brakes. Oh god, what's he gonna do? Oh let's get away from him. Oh he's just practicing his school bus driving skills. Uh, okay, you can be off the leash, that's it. And I am gonna walk at speed now, Rose. We really can't uh, be late. God, what is it? 20 minutes from here. Yikes! My own fault, as usual, dawdling around. Ah, hello. <laughs> hello. Come on, Rooney. A couple of senior dogs just uh, giving me that warning growl. Yeah, I quite like it when we're podcasting and we, we come across other people. It breaks up the monotony of listening to my droning voice. Yeah, so we've met, uh, we've met the lady on the beach who fell in love with Rooney. We've met Christina. We've met Charlie. Yeah, it's a bit of people cast. That's, that's good. Not enough in the way of wildlife. But that's why we have to mix it up. That's why it's called the Stutz cast. Because it's not necessarily about anything in particular. But with a nature theme. Come on, he's miles behind. Must have stopped to talk to those two old dogs. <clears throat> I'm not going to wait for you, Runes, because I've got an important appointment. Must keep it. Yeah. 
so it's calm it's blue it's warm and, and it's and it's relatively people free is that for you and I Rooney he's just caught up with me tongue lolling out of the side of his mouth <clears throat> I'm only kidding about him giving me the cold shoulder <laughs> he's just being himself He's such a good dog. You, you realise when other people fall in love with your dog at first glance that there must be something special about him. I suppose we all love our dogs. <laughs> but he is a friendly old soul. <laughs> just walks right up to complete strangers and just gives them love. There's a lesson there for us humans somewhere. You know, what's wrong with doing that? You know, within bounds of respectability. That's the way we should all behave. Well, I think uh, I'll say thank you. If you managed to make it all the way this far through this po broken up podcast, really thank you. Because uh, I was all over the place. But thank thanks for listening and uh, we'll podcast again very soon. <laughs>